Cade Mila Falta. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. Thanks for listening to the show. To support the podcast and letter, get lots of member-only features and follow Mike and Karina behind the scenes, go to aletterfromireland.com forward slash plus. That's aletterfromireland.com forward slash plus. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, this is Mike Collins and you're very welcome to this episode of the Letter from Ireland show. Now, today's episode is called Let's Chat with a Native Irish Gaelic Speaker. How about you? Have you ever used any Irish words in your everyday interactions? Well, I think you might be surprised how many Irish words you have used when you uttered one or two Irish place names, perhaps, or indeed surnames. So many of you who are interested in Irish family history research probably kind of understand some of the effect the Irish language has had in percolating its way all the way to the present through these place names and surnames. But we're going to go more back to the source today and I think you're going to enjoy it. We're going to chat with a gentleman who currently lives in the uh, city of Limerick, originally from Ennis in County Clare. His name is Owen O'Crohur in Irish, Owen O'Connor in English, and he's founded a company called Bite Size Irish. So through today, we're going to, and through this particular episode, we're going to chat with Owen about his childhood growing up in an Irish-speaking household and the positive and maybe somewhat negative effects uh, he might have felt as he grew up. Uh, we're going to chat about his love for the Irish language and how it led to him actually setting up a company to help people around the world speak Irish, which is about 10 years old now, that particular company. And uh, I think you'll find his offerings very interesting. We'll actually chat a bit through that as well. And lastly, through today's episode, he has chosen three pieces of music in the Irish language. And uh, I think you'll enjoy each and every one of them too. So without further ado now, let's go over to the conversation with Ona Crohur of Bite Size Irish. Hello, Ona Crohur Igunti Clark. Oh, wow. I'm very, very impressed with myself. You're giving me top marks there, Owen, I'd say, for my flawless use of the Irish language there in introducing you. How are you today? Owen O'Connor there in County Clare, as I said. And it's absolutely wonderful to have you here. Somebody who I believe actually was brought up in an Irish household, and we'll get on to that in a few minutes. So today, folks, we're going to have a little bit of a different format. We have a guest, uh, which is a little bit unusual for us. He's not too far away. He's a couple of hundred miles, maybe even just a hundred miles up the road. And uh, what Owen is going to do for us is chat a little bit about his own background growing up as a native Irish speaker. He's going to talk about a very interesting and very wonderful company that he founded called Bite Size Irish. And he's going to share just some of his own favorite pieces of Irish music with us as well. So, Owen, really looking forward to this conversation. Mm, absolutely. Mishikoma. 
Me too. <laughs> okay. We've got you going now with the Irish. Okay. Now, okay, folks, we promise we'll actually give a warning as we're about to speak Irish. Well, maybe a very short <laughs> warning in future now. So, Owen, over to yourself. Now, who are you, if I was to ask that question? And in some senses, what was it like growing up in an Irish-speaking household? Because I do know that you came to my attention because you have that company called Bite Size Irish. And as we had our chat there before we actually recorded, you were talking about some of the things that got you interested in Irish. And I guess the primary thing is that fact that you actually grew up in an Irish-speaking household. But could you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe your surname, your parents? What's your state of affairs at the moment? Yeah. Oh, thanks, Mike. Yeah, so where I am right now in life, and I can go back a bit then. So I live in Limerick City, in Limnock, in the west of Ireland. We're at the end of the Shannon Estuary, so we do get the winds of the Atlantic into the city. Um, I went to university here, and that's like, you know, long time ago, a couple of decades. So at some point, I realized I was in living in Limerick longer than I had been ever living in County Clare, where I grew up, Clare. So um, where do I come from? So, yeah, I grew up in Ennis, which is the main town in County Clare. Um, Ennis, it's a very interesting town because, you know, in relative size for Ireland, it's a big enough town. It's traditionally a market town. Um, there's a lot of Irish culture uh, in Ennis and across County Clare. I think specifically Irish music, Irish traditional music, is very strong in Ennis, and it's well known for that. Uh, County Clare as well, more widely, you know. So I grew up in Ennis uh, in the 80s, to, to date me, put a date on me. And yeah, it was unusual, definitely, at the time. I was brought up um, with the Irish language. So in our conversation today, it does come back to that. Um, both my parents, um, they had an interest in the Irish language, although neither were brought up through the language. Um, but there was a, a good bit of Irish language heritage or lineage there as well um, in both sides. You asked about my surname, O'Krahur. So um, as far as I know, I, I, I can stand to be corrected. Um, but my granddad was born in Charleville um, in North County Cork. And uh, as far as I know, there's uh, some family or had been some family around there. Um, so yeah, I've a bit of sprinkling of background like... Um, some relatives over around Dingle uh, out in County Kerry and then North Cork, um, some in Galway, although I haven't done my own uh, family history research. Mike, well, isn't that very, very um, typical of an Irish man or an Irish woman not having done their own? There are too many cousins already, I think, is the normal response. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I, I'm from really a small family in in comparative terms but yeah um around the irish language um you know in the 80s like this really brings us to this na uh, national sense of there's a bit of shame um i think uh, to bring it straight back to colonial times um but as a kid in the 80s growing up in ennis um 
I I did feel embarrassed and out of place. Like it was um unpleasant feeling speaking the language. Okay, okay, you know, okay. can you talk a little just a teeny bit more about that? Because you're talking about the schoolyard or amongst friends and relatives of your own age, I guess. So but you had both English yeah. and Irish, but you were kind of wondering why you were speaking this other language that nobody else seemed to have to speak at home. Is that kind of it? Yeah, I think you're definitely getting at it, yeah. Um, I attended a Gwail school, so this is an Irish language uh, primary school. Um, I think I was only the second year, uh, so it had started in the 80s. And then I went to an Irish language secondary school or high school then too. So I did, what, my 14 or 15 years of education through the Irish language. So I was already in that world, but definitely... Just like walking down the street, uh, um, uh, speaking Irish with my family, it, it did feel out of place. And I contrast that now with my two boys. I speak Irish to them. And as far as I can tell, there's no sense of shame there with them now. They'll just happily speak Irish. It's a very different country now. You know, um, yeah. at the time, would you have heard many other languages on the streets maybe a sprinkling uh now you know there's 20 used languages around the streets of limerick city here you'll hear whatever mix of languages so there's nothing really unusual about it now what do you think yeah you know i, I was brought up maybe a decade uh before you were more you know in terms of um being surrounded by the things you're talking about there and as i look back now i realize that at the time, it was all about a lot of, um, not so much shame, but kind of the past was boring. The past was the thing you wanted to escape. And you wanted to look forward into the future as much as possible to a better place and a better time. And that kind of past involved the Irish language as much as anything, which felt fairly dowdy by that point in time. And as you say, it's very, very different now because you've got those Gwail skulls and Gwail Kloshtas has been very, um, I suppose, kind of hip places to actually send your kids, you know, and the Irish language being a great, um, how would say, conduit to uh, people saying, yeah, you know what, I, I kind of really, I really kind of want to invest more fully. In fact, it's probably even driven by some of the people who actually have arrived in Ireland and want to immerse their own kids in, you know, in the Irish heritage they do through the language and the Gael skulls and so on. So that certainly has changed. And in some ways nowadays as well, I think people are more looking back in Ireland, you know, confidently and saying, okay, that was the, that was the heritage. Now, what shall we have of it today? But, you know, what really strikes me on in your story there was the way that if you go right back into the 1700s, really kind of the Irish language fell away in use because of the sort of pressure you're talking about. You know, if you want to get your job, if you want to have your kids advance in society, you really had to learn English and drop the Irish language. So, you know, that societal pressure is really, really, really powerful. And it's very interesting to hear that you kind of came up in some ways through a second wave of that in the 1980s. Mm -hmm. But somehow you came out the other end and uh, you had that Irish speaking household. And it sounds like it's all after turning out quite well. Do you know, I mean, we're going to be talking in just uh, in just a little while and you maybe share some phrases. And uh, also you're going to talk a bit about your company, Bite Size Irish. But the other thing I asked for you to do today was bring along three pieces of music 
that you were especially attracted to and also three pieces of music that were through the Irish language. So we're going to play the first one now. And it's a song called Big Enoch Amorok, which uh, I do believe that uh, means there's a fair tomorrow and it's going to be sung by John Spillane. And can you tell us why you actually chose this piece of music first? There's a good bit of nostalgia around this. Like John Spillane's album, and I think he's had a couple. Um, it's called um, Songs We've Had We Had at School. Um, and it, this album resonated with a lot of people because people in Ireland remembered these songs, these traditional songs. They're simple songs, relatively. It, that's easy for me to say, but um, they are, yeah, relatively simple songs. It can be hard as a learner to pick them up, there's no doubt. But for an Irish language learner, if you're in Ireland or outside of Ireland, I think these are great hooks into the language. Yeah, and as you said, a begin a kamara, uh, there'll be a fair tomorrow, and it's based in County Clare, so you know, close to my heart. Um, it's a it's a dialogue um, between a kid and the mother, and the kid wants to go to the fair tomorrow, and the kid's being told, "You're too young, but in a couple of years you'll be able to make your own way to the fair." So it's a nice little, there's a jovial aspect to it. And as you say there, you do feel, you know, this sort of song is a great way to get those uh, earworms, to get the hooks in the Irish language and learn a few words as well. So here we go. Big Anakamarik here with John Spillane. Ar an fhuil ósi, ór is a bhairí, 
Och var är din lyckotokonering med? Och var är din lyckotokonering med? Och var ni någon helige? Bägg en och mor och gunde jag kvar. Bägg en och mor och gunde jag kvar. Bägg en och mor och gunde jag kvar. Jag var gum men i vem med om? Det så var är din lyckotokonering med? Och var är din lyckotokonering med? Och var är din lyckotokonering med? Av ordning och nå helig And there we had big Enoch Mark from John Spillane, the first of Owen Okruhur's three choices of music here today. So, Owen, back to yourself. You're talking about growing up in an Irish-speaking household. Well, you know, you had it easy, as you said, and you had it hard at the same time, but you had it easy in a way that you just didn't realize that you were learning Irish at the time. But since then, I'm sure you've come across lots and lots of people struggling, both in Ireland and abroad, with the Irish language, especially through uh, English head and English ears, so to speak. So from your point of view, I, I suppose I have two questions, really. One is how hard is it to learn Irish? And the second part of that question would be, what would you say to somebody who actually wants to start, somebody who wants to learn? Yeah. Um, an interesting thing about learning a language is the truth is it's really hard. I mean, it's not just uh, it's something that you um, achieve a goal after two months, three months, six months. I actually see it as a lifelong journey. So there is no end. And when we have to deal with such a broad challenge the only way to keep it going is to enjoy the process and enjoy the the journey if we call it the Irish language journey so I find that intriguing I find it very interesting that people get so interested in their Irish heritage that they'll go so far as to wanting to even speak the Irish language and I think it always surprises people in Ireland when I talk to them about my background, about the number of people learning the Irish language outside of Ireland. Like, it's amazing. There's tens of thousands of people. Really? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, surprisingly, like fluent people, you know, I've met in Milwaukee, Chicago. Very interesting. Um, so I'm really just here and facilitating you know um it's these people who are following their curiosity they're really the driver here and i with my company and the people who work within bite size irish we're helping these people make that connection even finding a sense of belonging and learning a language it's really something personal like it's it's in the body like it's so personal in a way it's social as well. So you're connecting with people and you have this challenge that you can look at it as a challenge that will defeat you if you look at it that way, or you can have fun along the way. Um, and we go with the motto, which so Gwelga is the, the standard name of the language, the Irish language in Irish, in the Irish language. If I say in Irish, um, you, People might be more familiar with the term Irish Gaelic or the Irish language, or indeed in Ireland, we say, I speak in Irish. So it's really shorthand. So just to be clear on the terms. Um, 
Yeah, so it's like making so a practice here every day. You're literally saying Irish every day. Use it, practice it, and so on. Because, you know, I just want to go back to something you said there, Owen. You know, I started off with my questions, how hard is it? And then you mentioned the fact that there was so many people outside the island of Ireland, for example, uh, many of which are actually fluent in Irish. But I guess that brings another question to my mind, which is, from your experience, why do these people learn Irish? Mm-hmm. What is it that attracts them? Um, it's a, yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, there's different stories. I wonder, do we even understand that intrinsic curiosity? Like, it's like this life force that drives your curiosity. And um, it, it's something I say, like, listen to that curiosity, follow it, play with it. Um, it it's harnessing that curiosity. People come, I've definitely seen plenty of people come, say, from the Irish traditional music, Irish traditional song. So there's a big overlap there. And they get interested in the Irish language. Indeed, people who are doing Irish um, family uh, history research and they're making a connection. They're finding a sense of belonging for themselves. Um, and there's that sense of belonging um, in the Irish language is something of their ancestry in a lot of cases, um, something that maybe a sense of loss um, and they feel the duty to make this uh, reconnection. And it's something that you can reconnect. We've had people who've never visited Ireland and have got, done quite well uh, learning the Irish language. So it's making the language part of your everyday. It's this, um, if you can make a sense of identity that the language is part of who you are, that seems to be a very successful trait of Irish language learners. And one example um, is, for example, you, you in fact use your own name in Irish, and you know it. Would you actively use it? I mean, yeah. what other thing is there to give you a sense of identity to the world other than actually saying your name in Irish or myself, Michal O'Quillan? You know, it's it's a very fundamental thing. And uh, I'm sure there's, and we've I've dealt with a lot of our readers and listeners down through the years who want to know the name in Irish and they want to actually practice it. Sometimes it's there. Sometimes we have to make one up, by the way. Um, you know, but that's fun as well. And, you know, that. so it's really interesting to hear that. But I am listening very carefully to you in terms of, um, you know, the everyday thing. And sometimes having one or two phrases, you know, off can make a big, big difference. Just to slip them into the conversation or even just talking to yourself in the morning, whatever it might be. And I'd say you have one or two phrases yourself that you would recommend people might want to try for themselves. What might they be? What would you recommend? Yeah, and there's tactics. I mean, if people won't listen to you, as you said, you can say it to yourself or you can talk to your pets in Irish. That's another good trick. Um, I'll start at the back, at the end. So a simplified way to say goodbye is slán. Slán. And S-L-A-N. And there's an accent mark on the A, which makes it, shows us it's a long aw sound. So slán. It's good. I like this word because you can throw it in. Let's say somebody is listening to this podcast and they're planning their next trip to Ireland. It's something you can just throw in when you're visiting a a shop or a store. 
Um, and it takes the pressure off because you're not expecting any interaction back. You're just offering mm-hmm. some Irish language. There's no backtalk. Um, you can, I like that, by the way, because, and, as you say, there's nothing. Yeah. Okay, everybody heard that. Number one, next time you come to Ireland, you're finishing up a conversation. You're saying goodbye. Instead of saying goodbye for now or see ya, just try slon. The other person will probably look at you with a tiny bit of surprise for a moment, and then there'll be a smile on their face, and they'll say slon back to you. Absolutely. It's that smile on the face. Absolutely. Yeah. And you do hear Irish people say slon. Like, it's one of those phrases that uh, is in quite good usage, you know, in English language speakers. Um, So I love hearing of people on the phone or whatever. So we've got Slan, and then to start, this is when you're putting the pressure on a bit more. So it's, you know, take it uh, as you want. But um, the phrase Giawit, now I'm very aware that the sounds here are tough, and why not? We can take that challenge, but it's a, it means Let's hello. Let's jump in. Let's in jump practice. in the deep end. Go on. Giawit. So... Uh, it means hello, but uh, literally, I think it's interesting to break down phrases in the Irish language literally because the meaning can be quite different and it it shows how people speaking the language viewed the world traditionally, like your emotions are upon you. That's a very obvious one in Irish um, that you could relate to like the Buddhist tr- uh, traditions. You're not your emotions. They're upon you. But anyway, um, Gia means God. And so this is a religious um, phrase. Gia is like God to you or maybe with you. So Gia And the Gwit, there's a throaty sound. Um, it's written D-H, this sound. Um, but there's a throaty sound. So Gia And, you know, it, it's tough to say. It's a challenge, isn't it, to say, first of all, and you're kind of laying down the challenge on the other person as well. So it it depends when you'd use this. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that that is one of those things, as you say, you might want to practice with your cat or your dog for a little bit as you see them for the first time every morning or indeed they're kind of on their way somewhere. And, uh, you know, I think as well as that, Owen, you know, sometimes, you know, folks, I would say from Irish point of view, don't get hung up on precise pronunciation anyway. Uh, You know, and also realize that you're reading these things, if you're reading them with with kind of English eyes, English speaking eyes and English hearing ears. And some of the sounds, you know, like, uh, as you say, a DIA will sound different when pronounced with an Irish tongue versus an English one. But, you know, after a while, start off with your English tongue. You'll gradually get there. Shift it to the left or the right, and you'll have your geohit in no time at all. And there are some different sounds, but there's not a lot of them. And they are they are all over the place. Similar kind of pronunciations and sounds. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So um, that's another one. So diohuit, and we're talking about slan and diohuit. Uh, let's throw in ledohol. Ledohol. Uh, which means please. Yeah, it means please. And so it's three words, le, de, hul, but we really roll it, right, in Irish. So le, de, hul would be kind of a natural uh, speed of it. Literally, again, it means like uh, with your will. Um, so it's a, it's a nice, gentle, polite phrase, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's quite usable. 
Um, you could, I could imagine uh, someone being able to use this in a conversation again in a store or in the hotel or B&B where they're staying, you know. Yeah. So like a please or if you don't mind, there's a number of different things in there and you'll find it actually uh, a nice little kind of smart tool or a Swiss Army knife of a kind of a phrase that could be used in different places in different ways. So there we have Led the Hull. Uh, we have Diagwit and there we have Slon. And uh, we were kind of saying, I was asking you there, would you like to come up with a particular, maybe proverb, a favorite proverb, or, excuse me, hard to say proverb sometime in English, proverb of yours. Have you got one that springs to mind? Yeah, and um, I'll say it first of all, and maybe introduce it a bit then. So the phrase is, Tu sma lia nahibra. Tu sma lia nahibra. Lia nahibra. Tu sma lia nahibra. Mahu, Mike, that was very good. Um, so we call it a shanukal in Irish. And a shanukal, uh, literally an old word is what shanukal means. But it's the term for these um, proverbs in Irish. And there's hundreds, if not thousands, and regional variances. Uh, but Tusmalia and Hebra is a well-known one. Um, it means... Um, a good start is half the work. Um, and I think this is very applicable um, for a big challenge, like learning Irish itself. Um, so too small. If, you, if you're off to a good start, you're doing well. Um, for me, I think this means a lot because people can give up really quickly. And it's how do you stay in the game is the question. Um, like a lot of things in life. And uh, what's a good start? It depends on the person, but are you enjoying the process? Are you finding that true sense of connection? Um, are you taking it easy on yourself, managing expectations, taking stuff in small little, small steps, bite-sized steps? And uh, we've used it as well in Bite-sized Irish, um, our foundational Irish language course is called too sma for this very reason that if you if you're off to a good start you're doing really well already and you know it strikes me just going back to our previous three words as you say there like uh, we could be you could be chatting to your cat so you know a good start could be just starting first thing in the morning as much as anything else and throwing those irish words out right at the beginning of the day and using them and you'd be very surprised once you get one or two down you'll start to use a couple of more uh, another thing that strikes me actually is uh, too small land of Hibra. Uh, you know, good start is half the work is a very, very literal translation, which is sometimes unusual for these shanukles, for these uh, proverbs. You know, we often have things like, uh, you know, like I use the example, Nilantin Tom or the Hintan Fane, which is there's no fireside like your own fireside, or in other words, there's no place like home. You know, and that's where there's more kind of a, a general sense of what it means. But, you know, that's a very literal translation you're using there, which is very interesting. Yeah. So, too small. You're right. Yeah. Nehibra. Okay, great. Yeah. Now, we're going to come back to bite-size Irish in just a, a little while. But what we're going to do now is we're going to move on to our second piece of music that you chose today in the Irish language. And uh, this one is called Good Down. Ida Quivna, uh, sung by, I think it's composed as well, by Declan O'Rourke. And would you like to maybe talk to this one a little bit? Yeah, it's a spoken word um, with music. And 
this recording is bilingual. Um, so if I remember right, there's the Irish language first and then the English translation. Um, I, like Declan O'Rourke as an artist, I really recommend listening to him. Um, as far as I know, he hasn't recorded anything in the Irish language, but he obviously has a deep respect um, for Irish culture and his tradition or history. Um, and his songs show that that connection. So he had an album and a tour, uh, Chronicles of the Great Famine, uh, which I was lucky enough to see here in Limerick. Um, so it's a collection of songs and a bit of poetry uh, inspired by stories uh, from the famine. So um, as we were talking, Mike, you and I, a lot of people listening to this podcast today uh, would find it like a deep sense of connection with the stories there from their own heritage, their own background, right? Um, so I thought it was very appropriate. Um, we've got this bilingual um, story uh, that we listen to, and it's yeah, quite striking. Okay, so great stuff. So here we have uh, Godown in the Quivna, Declan O'Rourke, or in English, Deep in Your Memory. Godown in the Quivna, Godown in the Ashling, Godown for Hushle, the Hamachri, the Anna McDowell, Anna Ursel, the Stram, Quivnik, Quivnik, Godown Riven Quivna, Sarahonic and Ashling, Godown Savil. I greet you the corp. It's mudna on pobble, it's mudna on oike, schlochna scolari, it's fili or nuche. Kuvniger or nairacht, kuniglav or nailacht, kunikol or danga briever of his bill. Ach na dermad or gahu, it's on dovron galer, kuniglav or maid or honeywood harish. As fatherling kuvnu, is Tachter and Tishkind, was Fader and Tishkind, Maffer and Cree. Mawahmed Hele took a borough as false. Kuvnig, Kuvnig, Kuvnig. Deep in your memory, deep in the dreaming, deep beneath the beating of your ancient heart, there burns a spirit, a strong, noble spirit. Remember. Deep beyond memory, back before the dreaming, deep in the blood that is flowing through our bodies, we are the people, we are the children, the children of the land of the scholar and the poet. Remember our heritage, hold on to its beauty, keep alive the music of our native tongue, but don't forget our sorrows and all of our sadnesses. Reflect on all that we have overcome. If we can remember, we can try to understand. If we can understand, we can learn to forgive. If we can forgive, we can begin to grow. Remember, remember, remember. And there we have Godown Ede Gwivna, Declan O'Rourke, and I'm here with Ona Krahur. And we're chatting about the Irish language and we're chatting about now about a company that he founded a little while ago called Bite Size Irish. 
Owen, can you tell us a little bit more about the company Bite Size Irish? Like, you know, I guess the biggest question in my mind might be, why did you start in the first place? Yeah, um, so Bite Size Irish, it's a service for people learning the Irish language online. And we've got customers right across the globe, really. Um, Many people in the States, uh, more and more people in Ireland as well. Um, who are taking on this language journey. So um, I've always been a, a techie, I suppose, and I I grew up, uh, like when I was a teenager, the web came about, World Wide Web, and I had a personal homepage, and I put stuff, a little text about my family, but um, it was natural for me to share some text in the Irish language too and I pretty soon started adding some audio recordings too so it's funny you know that's uh the mid 90s if I have my dates right so it's funny looking back like that's a long time ago and I'm really doing the same thing today every day (laughs) it's the same thing (laughs) a different flavor every day of the same thing That's it. Um, so it's funny. What's the journey yeah, been like so far from there to where you are now? What's what's kind of been some of the yeah. the things along the way? Yeah, well, it, it, the general uh, theme really is the sense of curiosity and love for the language that people bring, you know, to Bites Art. We're facilitating. We're helping people. We've got courses. So um, a lot of my time early on was uh, running an online forum uh, where people were asking for translations in the Irish language. And a community grew up around that on the forum. It was an open forum. And I wanted something more structured to actually help people learn to speak the Irish language. So they were obviously showing the interest. It was like, okay. We're here. How do we help you now take the next step forward? So Bites as Irish, it was originally uh, like back in 2009. The idea was it would be short email series for learning the very basics of the language. But I soon realized and I was told like, well, we're going to need some audio phrases as well. Like we have to hear this. So it very quickly turned into a website. I'm a software developer by trade, uh-huh. so I had that background, you know, I was able to put the uh, website together and it launched in 2010, so we're talking about 13 years ago now, um, and it's formed, you know, it, um, it started off as little lessons and it got a bit more philosophical along the way, you know, um, looking at the psychology of um adult learning and finding that intrinsic curiosity and motivation of people finding their sense of belonging and connection through the language so there's something much deeper to it than just simply learning french or german for the sake of it let's say if you compare that way yeah that's that's very very interesting because you know we found the same of course with things like the green room uh, that a lot of our listeners will be familiar with, uh, which is, again, a community that people have to opt into, that you come for one thing, but you stay for a different thing. You know, you, you th- that which attracts you is not necessarily that which sustains you. 
And um, that's been very, very interesting for all of us, I must say. So it's interesting to hear that you found the same thing happening with Bite Size Irish, that community. Yeah, there was that community starting it off and there's the community within Bite Size Irish as well. So, yeah, we've got Hmm. a lot of parallels between us, Michael. And is there somebody besides yourself working with the company at the moment? Yeah, um, there's a little team. Uh, we're all, well, they're part-time. I'm focusing more of my time on Bite Size Irish now than I had been. So I feel really lucky to be able to spend my time on the business. Um, and we're spread around the world a bit too. So um, all fluent Irish language speakers. Um, Neil, I'll introduce the team quickly. Neil, um is from County Tyrone, uh, but lives in Dublin, and he's our learning content developer. So from day to day, he's looking at what content to develop next. Very good. Um, We've got Emma. Um, Emma lives in Germany, and uh, she teaches the Irish language to university students in Germany. Um, There's a, a good number of universities funded by the Irish state, um, where people are studying like Celtic studies, Irish language studies across the globe. Really interesting initiative. And so Emma works for that um, and studies in that university and also works at Bites as Irish. And Ben lives in Portugal. <laughs> he grew you up managed to keep um, anybody in, in Ireland at all, eh? <laughs> <laughs> the explosion I, I think across it's the world. Typical. To, yeah, to I, I'll speak to that point. Um, but Ben uh, grew up um, in Dingle, around Dingle in County Kerry. Uh, so good Gaeltacht, and he grew up with the Irish language around him. Uh, Ben's an instructor, and back to Emma, she's our community manager, so keeps the, the show on the road with the learners community. But isn't it true, um, people who grew up in Ireland when we go abroad, there's that sense of like, what is my identity? And I think the language definitely comes into that very quickly for people, even if they don't speak the language at all on a daily basis. What do you think? I absolutely agree. You know, it's all sorts of things. Uh, like I spent time abroad as well, both in the States, the UK. Uh, both of my children live in the UK at the moment. And even with them, you know, who I suppose are a little more indirect in terms of their Gaelic influence, you know what I mean? You know, you could see them kind of going to the GA matches a little bit more. You could see them going to kind of celebrating Paddy's Day a little bit differently. All of those things. You become very, very... You know, when you're in Ireland, we often speak about this. Like, you're from County Clare, I'm from County Cork. But when you're abroad, you're from Ireland, you know? And that's what tends to kick in, that drives the real identity. So I absolutely agree with you there. Absolutely agree with you there. So you you you've a fair, you've a, you've a fair team scattered around the world, but all I I find it really interesting that they're you know they seem to be very involved, um, either kind of with regards to their own origins as native Irish speakers, or indeed like in Germany working with people learning the Irish language as well. I find that fascinating. So tell me, what are your plans with uh, bite size for the uh, future? What what would you like to see? What do you hope to see? Yeah, um, we're always listening to what people have to say and our approach is to be as helpful as possible so any we've we're on youtube for example our channel there is to help people learn to speak the irish language so we run 
say monthly live Q and A is where people can come and ask questions. So it's to help people and to help indeed more people. So we're listening and we always plan ahead. What content are we going to develop next? And we run conversations around that. So we're developing like our members get new content every month and we do a launch every month. So it's listening to our members, listening to our audience and making sure that we have that next step of content. Um, the most useful next step that we can make available like so there's a lot of work that goes into that and a core part of it are recordings that we make and add to the online lessons uh there's about seven or eight thousand recordings in our repository now so there's a lot of recordings there and we add phonetic pronunciation written in like the english spelling as best as we can it's approximate Oh, it's very limited um, language, so, isn't it, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to be too biased. Uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> um, it's to help uh, people make that step, that journey into the Irish language um, and indeed help more people uh, take on that journey and break down the journey into bite-sized steps for them. So to stay true to our principle of bite-sized so if somebody was li somebody's listening to this and they don't have Irish at the moment or very, very little, maybe the odd couple of words, and, you know, they're they're a little bit intimidated because, you know, you've got all these other people out there who seem to know so much more than them and they can pronounce things properly and so on. But uh, how would you encourage them? How would you say they should start with bite size? Where should they go? Okay, well, with bite size, uh, we have an obvious first step, so we can help there. But I'm happy to make other recommendations too. Um, on our webpage, it's www.bitesize.irish. And right on the homepage, there's a where to start quiz. And it's a little interactive quiz. You can take it in two or three minutes. And we'll suggest the next step. For example, we have an Irish for Beginners free email list. Um, where people get an introduction, a gentle introduction to the Irish language. So for bite-sized Irish, that's where to start. Come to our website and take the where to okay. start quiz. So, so that's www.bitesize.irish, everybody. Yes, there is an Irish instead of a .com at the end. <laughs> and uh, we'll ask Owen as well to supply some of those for the show notes so you can see them below as well. And, uh, you know, Owen, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you today. And I don't think this is the last time we're going to be talking. And uh, who knows, we may explore each other's communities a little bit more and maybe kind of open ourselves up to what's in there and engage with other people. But I have I know that, you know, you're you're stirring up a lot of curiosity in a number of people listening to this particular uh, uh, broadcast today. And in fact, we're going to put it onto the letter as well, so they'll be reading it. And uh, I hope people actually will be encouraged to take those first one, two, or three, or as we say in Irish, the dogs are three steps, and uh, maybe start with your Irish journey of curiosity today. Now, we do, in fact, have one last piece of music that you recommended, and I, I love this one, actually, because it's, uh, you know, in the spirit of, of, I suppose, kind of people learning, it takes, like what I think, anyway, is a class of kids in school, and it takes a bit of culture. It takes a song that they know already in English and it encourages them to translate into Irish, get together, 
and poured our hearts out and sing it together. So maybe you could introduce this last uh, piece of music for us, Owen. Yeah, so um, what TG Lurgan, I'm not affiliated with them, but what I understand of them, um, they're like uh, intense courses that maybe teenagers would go to attend during the summer. And they have um, a very strong core mission of helping people to use conversational Irish. Just fantastic. That's how we can make the language yet more used in everyday life in Ireland. And they're in this wave that you were speaking about earlier. This um, There's an energy in the Irish language currently. Um, there's, uh, there's pride and there's fun, there's creativity. And it's all that. And TG Lurgan or Kalash the Lurgan, they encapsulate uh, this energy. Um, so what they do is they translate, you know, good pop songs that we all know and they use um, like colloquial everyday phrases. So they do their best to use Irish language phrases that you would typically anyway in modern Irish language. So this is all fantastic. And they have a couple over a couple of a couple of hundred um, of these recordings now and they're you know available on YouTube. So it's always great to see a new recording that they publish. And like may say, um, what's the? I don't know what the official title is, but wake let me, me yeah. free. Yeah. Yes, um, say, wake me up. So, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a Vici. Unfortunately, that uh, man's no longer with us at this stage. But it's somebody a lot of uh, kids would know from the last ten years or so. Uh, originally a song called Wake Me Up and Ligme Sair. So Ona Crahor of Bite Size Irish there in uh, Limerick in the County Clare. Thank you so much for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. And as I said, folks, uh, you'll see some of the links that Owen mentioned down there in the show notes. So you can go there and find out some more. Uh, so here we go with the last piece of music uh, from Ohm is Ligme Sair, a uh, song here by TJ Lurgan. Thanks very much again, Owen. Fun you feel grim to hear not me in heart Down a slam cobble there I'm scared Dear she long gonna go such hands Dog and kill revish She master in the lurking out the war she towering queen so leg my fear on
the pupils of T.G. Lurgan up there in the Gwaeltacht of County Galway having great fun there with Lig Maesair and if you actually have a moment it's really worthwhile looking them up on YouTube as well they've incredible videos in there great production values and one other special favourite of mine in fact is the uh, Toto song Africa which they actually perform in Irish and again the, the video itself is incredible to watch so really really worthwhile looking at that and that was especially chosen and one of three tracks today there from Ona Kruhur and thank you so much to Own again for spending some time with us today and sharing his story growing up in an Irish household choosing to actually set up an Irish company of all things in other words focus on the Irish language and remember again you can see more about Bite Size Irish and find out what they have to offer over there at bitesize.irish that's www.bitesize.irish Okay, well, we've come to the end of today's episode. As ever, if you enjoyed today, really would appreciate if you took a moment or two. If you're not following us already on uh, Spotify or iTunes or wherever you might be listening to this podcast, please do take a moment to uh, follow us. And indeed, we really, really would appreciate a rating or a review if you took a few moments to do that as well. 
uh, just to let us know what you think of what we're doing and maybe we'll even keep on doing it because it does give us great encouragement to see that feedback. So again, thank you so much to Owen for his time today. Uh, we'll have Karina back again with myself next week and until we chat again, until that time, slán for now. If you've enjoyed today's Letter from Ireland show, we'd like to invite you to check out our special membership area, The Green Room. You hear us mention it a lot during the show. And you can find full details of The Green Room at letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. Our Green Room is the essential resource for anybody at any stage in researching their Irish heritage. Because it's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and really connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. In the green room, you get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com and a very supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice. The Green Room is the perfect place to be for anybody starting or continuing their Irish ancestry search. So why don't you come and join us there at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. That's it for me, but I'll be back next time with another installment of the Letter from Ireland show. And I really look forward to chatting to you then. Slán Gafol, Karina.